0: Folks, hello. This is another uh, episode of Let's Talk Ed. This time, Kirby uh, Lund is joining us, our illustrious uh, English teaching colleague uh, and and uh, woodworker and uh, so- soon-to-be welder and uh, big-time knitter. Uh, I didn't know about the welding,
1: but okay. I'll give shot. I didn't know about the welding, but okay. Hey it used you, to be... It just You just are raising the,
0: the bar on yourself. Uh, uh, this week, uh, our topic is uh, why are strategies and long-term plans critical to the continuing success of higher education? Uh, we are supposedly the place where people go to learn about strategic planning or strategies and planning and envisioning, and yet... We seem to be swinging with the wind, whatever the circumstances, we're chasing grants just because of the money. We, uh, you know, we hear uh, that there are mandates in dual credit, so we chase them, but yet we don't seem to have a straight strategy.
2: Folks, what are your thoughts? Am I off or are you with me in that rant? So, uh, Zahi, I think, you know, one of the things that that I have seen that higher ed is really, really good at is throwing stuff up against the wall and seeing what sticks and not putting as much thought behind it as they need to, not making data-informed decisions. And I think, in part, one of the problems is higher ed all over, there are problems with data. And, you know, you you run into institutions where you could talk to three people and ask them for the same kind of number and get three different answers, maybe even get three different ideas of what that data should be. So it becomes really hard to start making good data informed decisions to decide, you know, what are the things that we need to be doing as we move forward? Uh, You know, the the other thing that... um, we kind of struggle with when we plan is we're maybe not thinking institution wide as we plan. You know, how is this particular thing going to affect our faculty? How is it going to affect student services, our business department, et cetera, et cetera? So, you know, sometimes we have plans, but we don't have all the roots behind those plans that we need. Maybe the money isn't there the way it needs to be there. Maybe we don't have the manpower to do something adequately, or maybe we don't have the training to do something adequately. So, you know, as we're planning, we need to really be thinking at that that high level about how is this going to affect everything? And what are the things that we need to be doing today in order to implement that plan successfully?
1: Kirby Right. and and I'm thinking more so on on the leadership and administration side of things, where to a certain extent, leadership and administration has the vision. They know what they want to see. And whether or not that vision is adequately explained to faculty and staff is a whole other question. In a former institution, Accrediting arguments were basically left up to faculty and staff. So everybody was broken down into groups and we were told, okay, figure out some goals. Well, what goals align with the vision of the college? Well, growth. Okay, well, growth in what way? Do you want to grow enrollment in a certain area of the school? Do you just want growth- in general, so without having maybe a, a more communicative administration, you're going to end up with a lot of faculty and staff who are trying to do the best with what they have, and maybe they meet that vision, and maybe they don't.
2: Yeah, and so if I could jump ahead in, Chris, before you start, Zahi, I think you know one of the, the really big things is helping people understand what the why is, and, you know, get them on board. Uh, You know, if you are making changes institutionally, for example, um, you know, help them understand more than this is something we decided at cabinet, and this is what we're going to do. Um, And, you know, you get on board or you don't, but, you know, help, help people understand that why. And, you know, get them on board, and the communication piece is absolutely vital. Uh, you know, the the internal communication I think sometimes gets forgotten. Uh, sometimes these decisions are made over a long period of time among a small group of people, and they live that, and they they sometimes sort of assume that everybody else is living that with them, and that piece of communication gets lost.
0: Well, this is exactly the battle I'm having in my mind. You know, we claim to the world that we are the center of all learning about how to plan, how to prioritize, how to communicate effectively. And in effect, we... We live in a bunch of ancillary, uh, in ancillary bubbles, and we don't connect them, and we don't invest necessarily in what and where is needed based on a long-term strategy. In my opinion, and of course I'm generalizing, but you know. Walk down the street, any street of any town in, in this nation, and you're going to hear people saying that higher education costs a lot, we get paid royally, and we don't contribute as much, which we know is, you know, a load.
1: But if we right. can't – go ahead. Please. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I I was going to say that that oftentimes we're, we're – Pitted in the role of being reactive rather than proactive because there is that lack of vision. So instead of being proactive and looking five years down the road, 10 years down the road, we're looking at today, we're looking at next week, we're looking at a state mandate that comes out in fall and how we're going to meet that state mandate. So we can, we can tell people, yes, we're we're all about planning and and Having, having all of the things put in place, but on the back end of things, when we're dealing with faculty and staff, oftentimes they're kind of blindsided with these things. And now we have to figure out in short order how it's all going to work.
2: Well, and sort of along those lines too is, you know very often we're being asked to do more with less. Uh, you know, we've, we've lost people through attrition over the years, and now somebody's job has been absorbed into somebody else's role. And, uh, you know, it becomes difficult because now you have people that are, are working three jobs and maybe getting paid really the equivalent of three quarters of a person. And, you know, so you, you start to see people that get burned out. Um, you know, you, you start to hear... Oh, another thing that I have to do, and that's on top of all of these other things, and it gets it gets frustrating. It gets almost disheartening at times too.
0: Right. So, but we we keep on hearing if you were a business, you would be out of business. Right. We keep on hearing that. We keep on hearing that we're royally royally paid that we built Taj Mahal facilities and you know, what does our society, our community get out of it? I have my answer ready in my pocket uh, to be handed, kind of like uh, uh, Santa's uh, uh, candy cane, right Kirby? Uh, it's ready, right there, ready for you. But we, we, I think we have to do better. Today's sore point is career technical education, and we've been investing as a nation in it for a decade or so, and we don't have any evidence that we've made a dent in it. Uh, uh, Ten years prior, it was STEM, STEM, STEM. Everything has to be STEM, and if somebody was cute, they called it STEAM because they involved a little bit of art or agriculture. And, and, you know, so we, we play those gimmicks. We chase grants. But to me, it doesn't appear it appears like a meander rather than a pursuing a trajectory. What do you think about that, folks?
2: Well, I, you know, I I agree with you. And, you know, we we've spent years culturally, um, you know, with a lot of the STEM jobs saying you don't want to do those. Those are hard work. They're dirty jobs. You can do better than that. And now all of a sudden we've hit this point of realization that, you know, my God, our town has one plumber and we need plumbers. Uh, so, you know, now suddenly the STEM job or the, uh, you know, career and technical jobs become really, really sexy. Uh, you know, but at the same time, we're still saying the same, you know, go into STEM, do all of this stuff. And, Uh, You know, I can remember guidance counselors talking down the idea of going to a two-year college, going into a a career-based field instead of going on to a four-year college. And the reality is a four-year college is not for everyone. We've talked before how uh, a lot of people that go into STEM end up not working in STEM. So, you know, there's a happy medium that has to be found somewhere Uh, You know, we can't denigrate those jobs that we need. I mean, we need plumbers, we need carpenters, we need nurses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because that's that's the backbone of what we do, you know, in our society. And at the same time, we need rocket scientists and and all of that. Uh, So, you know, we have to figure out how to best serve all of those needs, and very often at the community college level, we're left to try and do it all. Kirby, what are your thoughts?
1: Right. Well, at the end of the day, this comes down to faculty and staff because administrators, there's only a handful of them at any school, hopefully. And a lot of the work about getting our programs, getting our our STEM people, our CTE people to the place they need to be is pushed onto the back of faculty and staff. So faculty are going to look at programs and staff are going to pick up all the the other services that students need across campus. But it's, it's almost like not seeing the forest for the trees sometimes because faculty and staff are given this task and this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. And they don't have enough time. They don't have enough bodies to achieve those goals that align with the mission. So we're just kind of scrambling from week to week to make sure that these minutiae are taken care of without, I think Chris said, without understanding the why we're doing it and how all of this kind of coalesces into the big picture.
0: Folks, uh, this week we're talking about the uh, critical and quintessential significance of strategies and plans uh, for the survival and continuing thriving of uh, higher education. Uh, Chris and Kirby and I uh, talked in this episode about the, uh, the fact that we need we need to move from chaos toward uh, planning to have a solid future and Kirby set us up uh, real well to talk in our next uh, segment about uh, you know how to incentivize and improve the morale of our of staff and faculty in higher education. Thank you for joining us. On Let's Talk Ed this week, uh, we come in about three times a week. Uh, You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or right here on YouTube. Don't forget, like, share, subscribe, hit that bell. We'll see you next time.